Hey, Keith here with another episode of the Dad Venture Disney Podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us. I'm here this week with a cautionary tale because not all of planning is fantastic. It's not all about finding the great food or the great resorts or what rides you're going to go on. There are things that no matter how hard you plan and how many tools you use, just don't go right. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about one of the biggest ones that happened to us, and that had to do with booking my air flight to Orlando for our Disney trip. Um, you know, I love researching the food, the rides, the attractions, the resorts, the fast passes even, even though it gave me a heart attack most of the time. As my family got ready for our trip, I had to focus on a little bit more of the mundane things, such as planning for this trip and planning how we're actually going to get there. Um, so let's talk about the flights. You know, finding an affordable flight is akin to playing the stock market. The prices look high one week, really low the next week, and then back up and back down and back down. You don't know when it is time that you are going to find the good price, right? When do you finally click the button and book it? I was nervous about finding a good price to stay within my budget that I had created for this trip. Um, the family suggested that I used an app called Hopper, which I had never used before. It does a bit of the guesswork for you. It's pretty cool. It tells you daily or weekly what the current rate is for a flight from your airport of choice to your destination. And it sends you notifications on your phone as you keep going. It will tell you that things are looking good or this is a great time to buy or they think it will go lower. So maybe hold out a little bit more. But it's still kind of a crapshoot, even if you do use a good app for that. Um, for my purposes, I was flying from Rhode Island to Orlando. And I wanted a direct flight. With kids six and under, three of them, I wanted a direct flight. I wanted a morning flight so we could get to Orlando and, and enjoy some of the day we were already there. And a later flight back that the kids could rest uh, while we were flying back to Rhode Island and enjoy a full day in the park for our last day there too. And that would have been six full days uh, in the parks for us. I wanted JetBlue because I wanted the kids to have the screen in front of them. They don't get to watch TV all that often. So I knew that having screen time in front of them was going to be something that was going to work really nicely and help them keep, you know, interested and, and keep occupied while we were on our flight. So JetBlue was the way to go, and I was excited about it. Um, in April of the, the year I was doing this, about seven months before the trip, I saw a rate that I loved on Hopper, and I pulled the trigger, booked the flights. There are a lot of options for direct flights um, from other major airports, but from Orlando, there's not a whole lot to choose from. In fact, there's an early morning flight and there's an evening flight. Those are my two choices. It was a 6 a.m. departure from Rhode Island. I thought that would be perfect. Get the kids up about 4 a.m. They'll sleep on the plane. We'll have a little breakfast. We'll get to the park in time for lunch, and life will be great. Right? It's a small airport. We don't need too much time for security and getting to our gate. We'd get to Orlando about 9 o'clock in the morning, hop that Magical Express, hit the parks for some early lunch, and get the ball rolling while we were waiting for our room to be ready, which is, you know, what you do. The flight home left Orlando at 8.40, which might have been a little bit later than I wanted. Um, and the kids weren't going to get a nap that day because we've checked out of the hotel, so they don't have a chance to go back and rest. But we'll take our chances. Uh, it would give us a nice full day, you know, left in the park for that day. Um, it would stretch our comfort level a little bit, but we were willing to do it for the sake of having as much Disney fun as we could. It was pretty cool. I was the first person to book this flight for the most part, and I reserved the exact same seats going from Rhode Island to Orlando as coming back from Orlando to Rhode Island. So the kids can have a familiarity to it, which is really, you don't get ever. Um, the three of them would sit together in a row and I'd sit across the aisle or my wife and I would take turns and we'd figure it out. And I booked it. Done. Good to go. Let's move on and plan the rest of the trip, right? Not so fast. On October 6th, 
This is six months after booking this flight, and just about a month before we were leaving, I got an email from JetBlue with the subject line, Important Changes to Your Upcoming Flight. Ah, no. Was that they say about the best laid plans? Yeah, that's where I am right now. Dear JetBlue customer, we want to let you know about a change to your upcoming flight with us. Ugh, this isn't looking good. Our 6 a.m. flight had been bumped to 5.01 a.m. Hey, kids, we're waking up at 2.30 instead of 4, and our 8.40 p.m. flight has been bumped back to 10.10 p.m., meaning we wouldn't even land, if we're on time, until just about quarter to one in the morning. This is a nightmare. And you know what? We can roll with that early morning flight. We'll figure it out. We'll just hit our room as soon as it's ready, have a nice day in the parks, and, and you know, enjoy our first day as best we can at a slower pace. I removed any dining reservations for arrival day, and I made the entire day as open as possible, no fast passes that I had to stick to. I did make some, just in case we were able to stick to some kind of schedule, but I wasn't going to be crestfallen. I didn't put any of the really important fast passes on that day. But that 10, 10 p.m. flight home, that's a killer. On a day when there's no chance for a rest, it just wasn't going to work for me. My kids were five and under at the time of the trip, and it just wasn't going to work. If we land at 1244 and there isn't any delay, right, and then we have to shuttle to the parking lot, and then it's an hour-plus drive home, you know, we're just going to ruin all the magic that was created by that trip. So I ended up switching to take the earlier flight that day and not stay the entire park. It killed an entire day of the park. I contacted JetBlue and moved our 10 o'clock flight to 1.54 p.m. JetBlue did not change me with, you know, they didn't charge me anything to make that change, which was great. Um, they admitted fault, and they, but it's still, there's nothing they can do about it. There's no other planes going. Our wonderful row of seats all together in the same spot, gone. We now have two seats in one spot, two seats in another spot, so we're going to be split up on this flight home. And that's kind of a bummer, too. So as soon as the first-class people got off, row six, that's us, would get up and get off the plane. Now with these changes and kind of a last-minute change, we're now in rows 23 and 24. We're pretty much pushing the plane from the back, and that really, really stinks. We lost an entire day in the park. We paid for six-day passes. We only get to use five of them, which is just killer. Well, Disney World was great. They listened to me. They tried to help as best they could. They gave me a credit back. Um, for the difference in the cost of that sixth day, which is great. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first time that they've had to do this because of other people who booked their flights early. But it still stinks. I can't say it enough. It does. It's no good. So due to this JetBlue scheduling change, my family lost an entire day of our vacation. We tried to stay an extra day and fly home the next morning, but the flight was totally booked. We can't change airports as our car will be in Rhode Island and we can't get back there. And we need three car seats and we need our luggage and we need all this kind of stuff. We thought about staying a whole another day and flying home a whole another day later. But that's the start of Thanksgiving week and Walt Disney World and any hotel that's anywhere under $1,000 was totally booked. And so we weren't able to do that either. We were stuck. We were going to lose a day in the park. But you know what? We tried. So we flipped a few fast passes we booked for that day to be earlier in the week. We didn't have any ADRs scheduled, so that was cool. And we weren't on the Disney dining plan, so we didn't lose any points or anything like that. We had an amazing time anyway. I wish we had another day. I wish we could have done a little bit, few more things that we didn't get a chance to, but nothing big that we can't do on the next trip when we get there. But it still was kind of a real bummer. I mean, I was bummed. I was in a state of depression for like a week, a week and a half about this. I had planned every inch of this trip to really make it as special as can be and to have an entire day 
swept away from me was really, really rough. Um, what we did is we woke up, we had breakfast at the hotel, um, we swam a lot, we um, just rested as much as we could, packed up, and we headed on the Tragical Express back home. There wasn't any more time in the parks. We didn't get to go to, um, you know, to Disney Springs to go see the shops because they didn't open by the time we would have had to catch the Tragical Express. So, yeah, it was a bummer. But this is the reality of what it is. And so I wanted to come to you guys and talk about this a little bit and put it out there that this kind of thing exists. Always be checking on the flights that you're going to be booking. If you're someone like me who loves to book well in advance, keep checking that airline and seeing if they're changing flights for the months or the weeks leading up to it because there's a good chance it may happen to you too. Have you guys ever experienced anything like this? Have you ever had to lose an entire day in the park? What kind of experiences have you had? I hope you hit the comments. I hope you share the discussion or, or maybe just give me some condolences or just tell me, hey, it happens to everybody and that's fine too. I appreciate you listening. It means the world to us. We'd love to know what topics you want to hear. So if you can send us a comment or email me, dadventuredisney at gmail.com and let me know what kind of things you want to talk about here on the podcast. I'd be happy to do that and I'd love to do that. Going forward, I'm hoping to get some guests on. Uh, we can talk about guests, talk to a few of them and get some more info. So what kind of info are you looking for? I can find cast members. I can find people who go. I can find uh, Disney Vacation Club members. I can find people who live at the Disney property if I have to. I will find answers for you. So let me know what you want. Hit the comments, and I'd really appreciate it. Of course, if you share or you give us any kind of rankings wherever you're listening to this podcast, that even means the best. That's like Disney karma for everyone, and don't we all want that? Yeah, I thought we did. The Dadventure Disney Podcast is a proud part of Mind of the Modern Man, a website series dedicated to people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s continuing to live life and have fun as we go, and how the hell do we do that with jobs and family and all that. So we're happy to be a part of that. Check out mindofmodernman.com, and of course you can check out dadventuredisney.com. You can find us on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram mostly, at dadventuredisney, and we have a great YouTube channel with all kinds of fun things there too. So take a look at us wherever you can find us, and we'd really appreciate the support. Our technical producer is Jay. Our theme song, Adventure is Out There, is by John Gus Music. I have been Keith, and we'll be back again next time. Hope to see you all in the park soon. So long. <laughs>